Mental health check-in with Lee. Come on and check-in with me. Mental health check-in with Lee. Come on and check-in with me. Mental health check-in with Lee. Come on and check-in with me. Come on and check-in with me. Mental health check-in with Lee. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of Mental Health Check-In with Talik. Um, today, I have a special guest today, um, ladies and gentlemen, Coach Keith. How are you doing, my brother? I am blessed, and I'm excited about this interview. How are you? I'm doing good. Um, thank you for saying yes. I always thank people for saying yes, coming on the podcast to talk mental health, especially men, because I know a lot of men don't speak up about it. You know, they suffer a silence, but thank you for, you know, coming on to have this conversation surrounding mental health. Most definitely. So my first question, you know, everybody knows has been listening to it. I'm on season three of my podcast. I'm still going to ask this question. So it's still going to be the first question. And the first question to you is, how is your mental health? Well, congratulations on three seasons. Good job. My mental health is good right now. Um, you know, it's the choice. Um, so yeah, I, I think that I'm at a really good place. That's good. That's good. I love to ask that question. It's one of my favorite questions. I had, I was I did have it like on a t-shirt that I was selling, but I had stopped. But um say how's your mental health? I like to ask that question because I feel like you know, I could, you know, Keith can see me guys and be like, Lee, how are you? And I'm, I'm good. You know, just say I'm good. You know how us men do. I'm good. You know, somebody asks you, how's your mm-hmm. mental health? That gives you room to just like, like, damn, like my mental health is not good. I'm okay, but my mental health is, you know, bad. And I love mm-hmm. answering that question. It's one of my favorite questions to ask. How's your mental health? Um, <laughs> I'm going to be real. My mental health is, it's up and down. It's up and down, um, up and down. But um, hopefully, mm-hmm. you know, get better when I come on the podcast. You know, it makes you smile. It makes me um, makes me feel better when I'm doing this type of work. You know, just having the conversations around mm-hmm. myself. But my mental is not good. It could be better. Yeah. Remember, it's a choice, though. So you got to take every second and say, I'm blessed. I am beautiful. I can make it. And, you know, one thing that's most beautiful about it right now is you're giving back and blessing other people through what you're going through. Yeah. yeah it is true. Some dope information, so thank you. <laughs> dope. <laughs> uh, my next question for you. Growing up, was it okay not to be okay for you? I think um, growing up in a single household, um, a lot of times parents become robots to work and you got to provide and people's mental health is overlooked especially children um so i would say growing up mine was overlooked um my childhood not even necessarily childhood middle school and high school was horrible for me i was bullied i'm always called it the n-word every day i went to a predominantly all-white high school where there was about three thousand students and about 20 black students and it was hard for me to process it all. So I think a lot of times when we know better, we do better. And a lot of times parents don't know and they only know what they grew up with. So going forward, it's hard to process it. But knowing that in the end, everything happens for a reason and a season. 
Yes. Um, so sorry that you um, went through that. Um, my next question for you is, um, what does mental health mean to you? You know, I can say for myself, mental health means a lot to me. I love talking about it. I love having a conversation about it. I know, like, I'm 30. So I'm 32. I'll be 33 this year. But, um, you know, growing up, it was never talked about. That's why I asked that question, like, growing up, was it okay not to be okay? I was never so you know, I couldn't be okay. My grandma was a single parent, you know, she raised me and everything. Mom and dad, you know, was on drugs and everything. So my grandma took me from the hospital. So like, I've never seen my grandma really cry or nothing like that. So I thought I had to be strong. But like, uh, like the question is like, what does mental health mean to you? Mental health to me, um, I, I take it as giving back and making sure the next person is set up for better and greater than what I initially ever had. You know, there's levels to uh, mental health awareness. And in the Black community, even going back to slavery, we weren't allowed to cry. We weren't allowed to have feelings. We weren't allowed to say, hey, I'm not good. But I think with the generations coming forward, it's more acceptable to say, hey, I'm not good. But acknowledging where you come from and knowing that the problem was we were never allowed to do to begin with. So how do we go forward and make it better? So mental health awareness, uh, it means a lot to me. It's one of the reasons why I started coaching kids because I wanted to be that inspiration that I never had growing up and just be a vessel for God to use to show people that you can make it and you, you can't give up. Yes. Thank you. Thank you for that answer. My um, last question for you, right? There is a stigma, right? Surrounding mental health, right? But there's also a stigma surrounding men's mental health. But there also is a stigma surrounding black men's mental health. What do you say to that stigma that says, you know, you know, men, we can't be weak, we can't cry, you know, we have to man up, you know, get over it, you know, you'll be okay. Mm -hmm. What do you say to that stigma that's out there? Like I said before, that stigma goes back to slavery. Right? So how do we move forward and say, it's okay to cry, to be a man and cry. It's okay to say that I'm vulnerable. It's okay to say today was a horrible day and I am not well. I think going forward, we just have to be able to be more open and vulnerable to say, hey, I'm going through it and know that you're not the only one going through it. And if you open your mouth and say what it is, someone else is going through the same thing. It may be worse. But being vulnerable to say, hey, I'm not good. I think that's how we can break the stigma. Yes, yes, we definitely, that definitely is the way to break the stigma. I feel like now it's getting a little better, not too much, because we still losing people, you know, Twitch. You know, there's a lot of men out here that's, you know, um, make sure I use the right term, dying by suicide. And then which leads into my next question. Um, before I get to the next question, anybody that's out there struggling, when it comes to suicide or the deep dark depression or suicide ideation, please reach out to the Suicide Prevention Lifeline. Number is 988, the easiest number. I'm glad they changed it. The number is 988. Say it in every episode. Uh, make sure if you or somebody that's struggling, you know, make sure you reach out and dial 988. I want to ask you a question. Uh, I was going to say, the question is, I'm going to answer first, but the question is, um, have you ever dealt with any deep, dark depression or any thoughts of suicide or, you know, any thoughts of not being here? 
and I'll start it off, you know, make you feel comfortable. Um, I was, you know, say this episode all the time, I was sexually abused by two of my male cousins um, as a child. And I didn't start dealing with it until I got 26, 27, you know, went back to church, was straight away from church for a long time, but went to church, realized I had issues with men, still have issues with men and trusting men because of the sexual abuse. Um, you know, lost my mom in 2019, then lost my sister nine months later in 2020. So like suicide is, I gotta be honest, suicide is on my mind a lot. You know, thoughts of not being here is on my mind a lot. Um, just not wanting to exist no more is on my mind a lot. Even though I do my podcast, I'm a facilitator, I work full time, you know, it's still on my mind, you know, and I want to say to anybody out there struggling, make sure you have somebody to talk to that you can trust, you know, and not everybody, I say this all the time, not everybody is going to understand mental health problems. Not everybody is going to understand it and that's okay. Um, make sure you reach out, you know, if it's not the crisis hotline 988, you know, a church group, um, a friend, um, support groups, Google, Google is your best friend, use Google. There are free online support groups that you can go to. It does not attempt to replace therapy, but therapy is a must, but, you know, support groups are, like, I would have never liked the support groups before, but now that I facilitate them and been to some, it's really, really dope to um, be in a group of people that understands mental health, because most of the time when I go to these groups, I know that if outside won't understand me, they will understand me. But go ahead, um, Coach Keith, go ahead. Um. <clears throat> I have dealt with suicide um, and depression most of my life. Um, growing up, I always felt that I was different, but I didn't know a space that I was supposed to be in. Um, what kept me going in high school was cheerleading and dance. Um, I think if I didn't have cheerleading or dance, I don't know how I would have made it. Um, God gave me a gift for me to use in times where I didn't have a vision to see tomorrow. And I use that gift to bless others and be my outlet for me to let loose and let all my frustrations out. I think the key is knowing, like I said before, it's a choice. Every second is a choice to be happy. Every moment is a choice to be happy every hour. I think when you realize God has a purpose for you, it's never going to be easy. When you have anointing on your life or a gift or a calling, life is never going to be easy for you. It's never going to be easy for you to process. But I think in knowing that greater is coming, that you just can't give up. Um, a little story with me. Uh, when I was 17, uh, I was expelled from high school. My mom kicked me out for being gay. I was on the street at 17. Um, but you know, you go through things and you see later on that it had a purpose, right? So yeah. if I would have gave up, the purpose would have never came to fruition and I would have never been able to bless young kids um, through coaching. Um, I tried to kill myself because I just didn't know. I, I was confused. I didn't know which way was up, which way was down. I didn't have family. Um, my friends really didn't understand me, but I kept pushing and I started coaching at the age of 17. Uh, at a high school and I was blessed enough to be the youngest coach ever in the school's history to coach. I'm the same age as these kids in school. But like I said before, when you know that you have a calling on your life and a purpose, it's never going to be easy. Um, fast forward, I ended up going to job board. Um, and you know, what you may have thought of was stolen from you or taken God 
will replenish it 10 times fold. I went to Job Corps. I scored the top 3% on my GED test, which ended up making me the valedictorian of the citywide graduation. I ended up speaking at the graduation. I started a cheerleading team there. I was a center ambassador. I gave tours. I was able to have better and greater later. It might not have been then, but I think the 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 true knowledge is knowing that it's going to be better. It's going to be better. You got to tell yourself, it's going to be better. It's going to be greater. It's going to be better than it was yesterday. It's going to be better than it was five years ago. And God will always replenish and restore what you may have thought you lost. After a job where I went to college and I cheered on a scholarship at Central State University, I didn't really like it there because um, my financial aid was messed up. So I transferred to Indiana State University. I cheered on the Fulbright scholarship there. I ended up winning college nationals two times back to back. Oh, wow. Who would have thought, right? But when you're in the darkness, you have to talk yourself out of it and know that just right now, I can't see. But if I trust and believe in God, he will show me. And I just have to lean and trust on him wholeheartedly and just be vulnerable. Fast forward, I ended up replenishing my relationship with my mom. Uh, my junior year in college, I ended up going back home to visit for Christmas. And my mom brought up the subject of me being gay and how it was embarrassing to the family. Um, she threw a plate of food at me and kicked me out the house in shorts and a t-shirt in the winter. I sat outside and I cried and I cried and I cried. And I was like, why is it that I have to go through this? But like I said before, in the moment, you don't know why you're going through it. But later on, you see why God had this happen to you. Um, I ended up going back to college and I had a breaking point and I tried to kill myself. Um, it was a bottled up from high school, being tormented from my mom. And I was just over it. And I tried to kill myself. I took pills and my friend, Triana, she found me. And she took me to the hospital and she said, you're going to the counseling. You're going to get some therapy. You need it because you're, you're, you've gone through life coping, but you're lost. But I, but I can say that I wasn't necessarily lost. I had God and I knew God, but life is hard. You know, it's hard to wake up every morning, put clothes on, go outside the house, go to work, come back home. It, that's why I said before, sometimes life can, you become a robot to life. Um, after that, I moved far, 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 far away from my family. Um, I moved to Disney, um, not moved. I moved to Orlando, Florida and I interned at Disney World. And from that point on, I decided to be selfish for me and my wants and yeah. live my life wholeheartedly, knowing that God made me who I am yeah. and acknowledging that I am, I have a purpose. Um, when I ended up coaching kids, it was healing for me every day going to work with kids to know that I can give back and give back better and make sure that they're set up for success where I wasn't necessarily set up for it. Yeah. I had a moment about a couple months ago where I was just, you know, like I said before, it's a choice. So yeah. you think of one bad thing 
then another bad thing comes. Then you sucked into a hole where you didn't thought about all the bad things that's going on and you're lost and then you're stuck. So I've learned that every moment is a choice to say, I'm great, I'm beautiful, I'm, I'm gonna make it through this. God has something bigger and better. And I have something on my life that, that requires me to go through what I've gone through. Yeah. Yeah. Um, thank you for sharing that. That was so, so heartfelt. Thank you for sharing that. Um, and I want to say, again, anybody that's out there struggling, you know, that's suicide or deep dark depression, the suicide prevention number is out there is 988. I could facilitate support groups. You know, there are support groups. NAMI is everywhere. They have different chapters and organizations in different states. You know, there are free online support groups at no charge. Church groups are there, you know, make sure you talk to somebody, you know, suicide is, yes. not, suicide is not the answer. <laughs> when I say that, I just like, yeah, suicide is not the answer. Um, my next question for you, right? Next question is, what are some coping skills you could recommend to someone that's struggling with their mental health? And before you answer that, I want to say, guys, I try to say this every episode now, um, Coach Keith, coping skills and my coping skills, May not work for you, you know? We're just expressing what works for us. It may, it may not. So what are some coping skills, Coach Keith? Um, I am a visual person because I'm a creative. So I'm always thinking and visually enticed by things. So what has helped me is putting post-it notes all around the bathroom, all around my room, on the fridge of quotes and things to, to just uplift me yeah. and to know that greater is coming. I think um, a lot of us should do that, even with goals, um, because a lot of times we get so caught up in life that we forget what we've been put here to do. So I think even putting goals up on the wall, aspirations on the wall, vision boards, that's a big one. I do it every year, a new vision board, because every year you're in a different place in a different spot. So I think what has helped me cope is having those visual cues to help me realize that I got this, I can do it. I think that's one of the reasons why I started a clothing line to help with suicide awareness and encouragement is because there's days where I'm always encouraging other people, but I don't have someone to encourage me. So if I look down at my shirt, I can see keep dreaming. I can see don't quit. I can see that you can make it. And it's like, I got it. Something that you mentioned that resonate what I used to do. I used to do the sticky notes uh, like on the bathroom on the wall. I used to do it. I don't know where I stopped doing it, at, but it definitely did help me. Like I would put like, you know, notes or self-love notes or whatever, or scripture, wherever it was, I would put up there and I would read it like while I'm brushing my teeth and everything. I just look at the mirror or just like sitting at my desk. I just look at it. When I used to work for home, like I used to be like so uh, really depressed just working in this in my room. So I would look at that notes and it would help me, you know, help me just like, you know, you're strong, you're beautiful, you can do this, you know, then I ended with like a scripture, which was always dope. So that is definitely a skill that works, you know, I've done that before. So <laughs> definitely mm-hmm. one. Um yeah. well, next question for you, right? Yeah, definitely. So we know that you are a jack of all trades, right? You know. <laughs> Life coach, stylist, motivational speaker, creative director, author, chair, 
the dance choreographer, um, dance coach. You know, are you still at the University of Wyoming and Oregon State? No, right? No, a former. Um, okay. Yeah, I did that seven years total coaching college. Okay. Uh, I got burnt out. Um, it's hard. It's a lot of pressure. One, I'm an African-American man coaching yeah. 75 athletes. They're all white. Um, there's a lot of pressure on me to, to just be great. And it got to a point where I was burnt out. I was choreographing four dances a week. Oh, wow. We had games, appearances, office. It was just, I was burnt out. And one of my athletes, my mom was accredited life coach. So I would um, sit with all my athletes once a week. They had office hours with me. And I would just help them through life because you have to remember, I was the closest thing to a parent that they had. Wow. And I have to make sure that they're set up for success. I have to make sure that they graduate. And I have to make sure that their mental is right because you were the face of the whole university. You're the first people people see as a cheerleader at a game, an appearance, everything. And my athlete, she said, coach, you're bigger than this. You're supposed to be on TV. You're supposed to be doing this. You're supposed to be doing that. You're bigger. And I looked at her. And I said, Ooh, did this child just read me? <laughs> she let me have it. But like the Bible says, the child should lead them. And she wasn't necessarily a child. She was a young adult. Yeah. But being humble enough to take advice from someone and say, wow, maybe you're right. And I ended up moving. Um, my contract was up. And they wanted me to come back. But I was like, child, this is too much. And I'm all the way in Oregon. There's not a lot of us out there anyways. So I was alone. So yeah. I ended up moving back home to Chicago. And that allowed me, because I had ran from Chicago, my family since I was 17, I was far, far away. And it allowed me to heal. And that was the most beautiful thing ever. And it also allowed me to know that my gifts and talents that I had as a child were being brought up now. Now I'm styling. I have artists yeah. that I help with music videos. I'm directing music videos. I was blessed enough to work on the last two seasons of Empire as a standing actor for Wood Harris. You know, it, it's like, whoa. Yes. So you you take the time to say, God, I thank you for those bad things that happened. They meant, I don't even say they're bad because they were set up to help me get to the next level. And being able to just sit back and watch how all of the pieces of the chessboard were moving in my favor is just amazing. And that's so, so dope. You know, I'm glad that, you know, you can realize something was, you know, it was a burnout. And, you know, some people kept going, 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 going. And I feel like once you get to that point of realizing, you know, I got to stop. I got to, you know, take care of myself. I got to, you know, do what's best for myself. And, yeah. and I'm glad that you, you know, got to that point. So it was like a total burnout, you know, because people don't understand burnout mm -hmm. can really affect your mental health, you know, when you're doing so much at once <laughs> a lot it could definitely you know maybe it, like it was a lot skills. it was so much pressure it might be like a lot like i mean it may be like people may look at it like you know i'm just keeping myself busy but some people don't realize the you know difference but keep yourself busy and burning out and everything and i learned that mm -hmm. lesson definitely <laughs> was burned out mm -hmm. but i think the the thing that kept me in the midst of that is knowing 
that this has been a dream of mine since I was little. When I was yeah. at the University of Wyoming, I was the first ever black head coach. Like, hey. And you, you sit back and look back like, whoa, whoa. But I was walking in my passion and my calling. So all the bad stuff, you know, it didn't even matter because I was happy. But mentally, whew, child, it's, it's a lot of pressure. I bet, man. I bet, bro. Um, my next question for you is, um, how do you feel about therapy? I'll say that one more time. How do you feel about therapy? I feel everyone should get it. I think everybody needs it. I think I shoot. I think if if more people were able to be open enough to do it, life would be so much peaceful. I think there's so much turmoil with a lot of ways that some of us have maybe raised and yeah. we don't have an outlet and it's toxic. And a lot of things that we think is normal is toxic. And there should be no reason I'm in a relationship with you and we're cussing each other out. We can find other words to talk. There should be never a reason why we go to sleep mad at each other because yeah. we should be able to talk. But because so many people have grew up in that kind of environment, it's normal, but it's really not normal. You know, so I think if a lot of us went and had therapy, boy, this world would be unstoppable and more peaceful. And that ain't even necessarily therapy because you, you go to therapy to get help, but I think you need a, another source also to, for inspiration. And I think that's God. Yes. And church has helped me through it. I always say that. Every, every Sunday. What did you say? No, I'll say, go ahead, finish. I was, go finish, finish. You good. Oh, I'm blessed enough in my church. Every Sunday that I go to church, it's a therapy session. And it's just like, whoa. Whoa. And I think a lot of us, we're not at churches where it ministers to our soul and we're able to heal. And the pastor breaks it down where it's real life. Yeah. So, yeah, that's all I got to say. That's all. I want to say therapy is a mess, guys. Um, I know my men out there that's listening, you know, please go to therapy. Women, please go to therapy. But Black men, I know we have grown up where the household, some of us, you know, say, you know, we don't need therapy. We just need Jesus. It's okay to need Jesus and have a therapist. It is okay. It's okay. Have a therapist. You need both. Yes. Listen, I know we got, that's like another stigma, you know, growing up in a black household, you know, they be like therapy, you know. But, you know, like I said before, that's all back to the way we were raised. We came over here. We were beat, tormented, talked about, couldn't cry. And if we cried, and we couldn't express how we felt. So then you, you fast forward to generations later on where you think about like my grandmother, they were mean and mad and bitter. But why were they mean, mad and bitter? Because what their grandmothers went through, right? Yeah. That transformed to you. And then now you have a generation where like my niece now, if she says she's not doing good, she can say she's not doing good. And we yeah. say, hey, girl, what's the problem? We have that open in conversation where before we weren't able to have that because you're a child. You should stay in the child's place and do what you do. But I think we're so blessed now to be able to change that stereotype and be able to talk and talk freely. And I think us as men, especially Black men, we need it. We need it. And we should never That's be ashamed if we want to talk. Because trust and believe, you're not the only one going through it. You're not. And you will never be the only one going through it. You will never be the only one that's depressed. 
You will never be the only one who's had suicidal thoughts. The kids being able to talk about it and heal from it. Yes. Yes. My next question for you, then we'll end it. Um, can you tell somebody that's listening, right? Why is it important to put your mental health first? You know, sometimes when we struggle, we don't put ourselves first. We're always there for others. So let the listeners know why it's important that you put your mental health first. You came into this world by yourself and you got to lead by yourself. No one can make you happy but you. No one can encourage yourself but you. Like that church song says, sometimes you have to encourage yourself because no one else is going to do it. And you can't expect other people to do it. And yeah, it's good to have support around you to talk about it. But at the end of the day, you have to love yourself enough to take care of yourself and be better and greater because it's, it's a journey. And what you go through will make you stronger. And most of all, it's your testimony. We've overcome by the stripes in our testimony. And I think too much of us, so many of us get so caught up in what's around us and not what's inside of us. And especially with social media, you go on social media, you're looking at this person saying, oh, they're beautiful, they're this. Okay, and but they have problems too. That's just a smoke and mirror. But I think the key is loving yourself enough to say me, I choose me, I choose me. And not even my mom, not even my dad, not even my sister or my brother. I choose me because I have to make sure that I'm mentally stable and capable to be a vessel for God to use. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen, Coach Keith. I have one more question for you, right? Um, you know, talk about what's going on with you now. You know, what do you got going on? What's new? Like, what's, what's, what's happening in Coach What's new? What's new with me right now? I am about to um, direct my second music video. I have a clothing line that's about to drop. I'm just excited about all of the great things that are to come. I think that's what keeps me, my mental health, apart and and solid is knowing that I have some great things coming. And then knowing that all things that I've been through prior is going to set me up and catapult me where I'm supposed to be in my destiny. I think that's what just makes me happy. Let us know. Let me know when that clothing line drops. And I definitely will support by yeah. posts. Anything for mental health yeah. a black brother. I have journals. Them. Yeah, I have journals with motivational quotes on them because I think you got to write things down. And then you need some um, encouragement, encouraging words. I have shirts that are and shirts, sweatshirts, joggers. It's a whole. It's a. It's not just a style. It's a lifestyle. Yeah. Um. So that drops the first. The first of March. Yep. Oh, let me know yes. so I can repost and buy. Let me know so I can definitely support. Yeah. I support black businesses. You know, supporting black businesses. Yeah, definitely. I want to say thank you, Coach Keith. <laughs> For coming on no, the podcast. thank you. Thank you. And I'm proud of you. Keep pushing. And if you ever need someone to talk to, call Coach Keith because you're not alone. Thank you so much, man. Thank you for saying yeah. yes. Thank you for talking mental health. And thank you guys for all listening.